Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the baptism of our Lord is from Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So, When the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests were bearing the Ark, were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon. And those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? 
How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what vanity you have created the children of man. What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like God is hiding from you? Or even worse, that his wrath is burning against you like fire? Like God has forgotten you or created you for no reason? Have you despaired knowing that ultimately you will die? Knowing that unless your soul is rescued, you will be stuck in shale, which is what the Old Testament calls the place of the dead, the place where everyone goes after they die. If you do or have felt like that, you're not alone. Those words are, in fact, from the very same psalm that our intro it for today is pulled from. Interestingly, they are, in fact, the beginning of the conclusion for that psalm. A conclusion which leaves those questions open, awaiting for a response from the Lord. So, the question remains. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is, for what vanity you have created the children of man. What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? And perhaps one more added question, what in the world does all this have to do with the baptism of Jesus? The truth is that it is in the baptism of Jesus that we find the answer to those questions. A truth that the psalmist hoped for and wrote about earlier in his psalm, but was not able to see fully realized. A truth that you do get to fully know and realize. Listen again, therefore, to our intro it for today, and hear the truth of the Lord's firstborn anointed. Behold, the Lord, the ruler, has come, and the kingdom and the power and the glory are in his hand. I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love will keep, I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. Behold, the Lord, the ruler has come, and the kingdom and the power and the glory are in his hand. I have found David, my servant, with my holy oil I have anointed him. So, the question still remains. How long? How long will you hide yourself? Will you hide yourself forever? It feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? 
as if God has hidden himself from us. Which is a bit silly of a feeling to have since we know exactly where we can find the presence of God in his word and his sacrament. But despite that, we still feel that way nonetheless. Or perhaps we we have a different feeling where actually we are the ones who want to hide from God. Where we are the ones who are doing something that we ought not do and we don't want to be reminded of the truth that our Lord is right there in the room with us. These feelings occur to us. These thoughts happen in our brain. How long, O Lord, will you continue hiding yourself? Or even worse, please, Lord, stay away so that you don't see what I'm doing right now. Because, of course, we recognize that our corrupted sinful nature will often drive us to do those things that we don't want to do. Or will often drive us to do to not do the things that we are supposed to do, which means that we recognize the truth that even though we ask the question, will your wrath burn like fire, that we in fact deserve that wrath, that we in fact deserve that fire. We ask God sometimes to remember how short our time is, to remember that we only live for 80, 90, maybe 100 years, which in the grand scheme of things is not all that long. And so we wonder as we sit there waiting for God, well, any day now, any day you can come and give me whatever it was that I asked for, or any day you can come and take me. And yet interestingly enough, even though we recognize that truth, even though we recognize that we truly do not have all that much time to do things here on earth, we still somehow end up wasting it. Maybe we do that by simply sitting back and twiddling our thumbs while we wait for God to give us a sign. Or maybe we waste our time away with all of the busyness and cares of this world and forget to prioritize the things that are important truly. God. Family. The truth of the matter is that even though we know how short our time is, we are the ones who end up wasting it. Because make no mistake, of course, God certainly knows how short our time is. He is the one who, in fact, gives us every single day. He is the one who has numbered our days and knows exactly how long we're going to be here. Something we, in fact, do not know. We also recognize, of course, the truth that it's actually a good thing that our time on this planet is limited. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. For what vanity has he created the children of man? What sort of useless waste of time did he make us for? That's what that question is asking. And of course, we all recognize how wrong of a question that is. We all recognize the truth that even though God has not been explicit in exactly the reason that he has created humanity in general, and he certainly hasn't been explicit with exactly the reason that he's created each and every one of us in particular, we recognize the truth 
that there was a reason, and that it was not for vanity. And yet sometimes we don't like that. We don't like that we don't know. We, we assume that it was a vanity, that it was just some random act of chance that caused us to come into being. And so therefore we try to seek our own sense of purpose. We try to maybe in a sense build our own identity. Maybe we do that by what we do, what we work at. Maybe we do that by our family. Maybe we do it by whatever the world tells us, whatever's popular at the moment. We will often do this when we try to create our own sense of purpose, to create our own identity, one that is not directed upwards towards God, but is instead directed inward toward ourselves. How long, O Lord? And what about all of this death stuff that's floating around us? For what man can live and never see death? The truth of the matter is that we do see death all around us. Whether it's when we feel it in us as we get older, whether it's when you look around and you see friends passing away, whether it's when you see winter and you see the leaves falling off the trees or animals dying, it is true that there is not a single man or woman on this earth, not even a child, who has not seen death. And because we recognize that, because we recognize that truth of the inevitability of death, we also recognize the truth that we need to be rescued from death. Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Who is it that can rescue us from death? Who is it that can rescue us from that death that we feel coming? And of course, you all know the answer. You all know the answer, even as our intro it gives us. We know the answer is that the Lord, the ruler, has come. We know that in his hand, are the power and the glory and the kingdom itself. We know that he is the new David, and we know that he has been anointed as such. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. We celebrate the time when our Lord came to the Jordan River to be washed in the cleansing flood of baptism. But that doesn't actually sound right. Does it? Because our Lord didn't need to be washed in the cleansing floods of baptism. Our Lord was, in fact, already cleansed. He was already pure. He had already been anointed as holy, set aside. And he was holy and set aside. And so when he came to his baptism, he did not actually come for the forgiveness of sins for him. That's what happens for us. In our baptisms, those waters are cleansing floods that wash the sin off of us. But in Jesus' baptism, when he has that water sprinkled on his head, or more likely as he was immersed into the Jordan River, those sins that had been washed off of all of humanity 
were all washed on to him. And so, when he was baptized, that in fact was the wrath of the Lord being pulled out, poured out fully on him. It was him taking up the burden of all the sin of all of humanity. This was him being set apart as holy, the Christ, the one who would bear the sin of the world and who would very soon after his baptism be cast out into the wilderness like a scapegoat. Which means that for us who ask how long will this wrath burn against us, the answer is not long. In fact, it doesn't even burn against us anymore. Yet this can still lead us to wonder, well, then what are we even still doing here? Why doesn't God just come and get us, save us out of this dark, deadly world that we're in? And so we recognize how good of a thing it truly is that this time is short, that we have been limited in how long we are stuck here. For we recognize that it will be better when we die and Christ comes to get us. Now, do not mistake me, though, that is not me saying that it's okay for us to try and cut that time short. That's just another example of us trying to take control away from God and trying to build our own purpose and identity. But we do recognize that there's something better waiting for us on the other side. And so we don't fear death as many do. Because we recognize that we were not created for vanity. But that instead, we were created for his glory. Because you see, not even Jesus lived and never saw death. Jesus, of course, saw death. Jesus even experienced death. God experienced death for us. God, who never should have had to, allowed himself to die because he knew that if he did, if he let himself see that death, if he let himself taste that death, that that would allow him to become the one who can deliver our soul from the power of shale. And it did. When he died on the cross, he conquered death. When he rose from the dead, he proved that we too would rise from the dead, that he now had the power to conquer Sheol, to conquer death itself. And so here and now we live with those questions answered, with the results of those questions being answered. We live in the church with the reality and the truth that the steadfast love of the Lord has been vindicated and continued when Christ died on the cross. That because he did that, that loyal love will last forever. That unconditional love that he has for us, he will be faithful with to all generations. That, that love will never fade, it will never end, it will always be there. And this is true because of what Jesus did and because of who Jesus was. When Jesus came and was baptized, he, he didn't just take the sin of the world upon himself. 
He declared himself to be the Messiah, the Christ, and so did the Father. He proved that he truly was the Son. Just as in our intro, he cries out, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. We recognize that the Father himself said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Father is the one who made him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. He is the one who was raised from the dead first, who would stay raised from the dead, just like we all will be raised from the dead one day and will one day stay raised from the dead. And even now, as we talked about a little bit in our Bible study, he is sitting on the throne of God. He has been placed on the throne of the universe, lifted up above all other kings, truly the king of kings. And because we know this truth, we can trust that when he says, my steadfast love I will keep for him forever and my covenant will stand for him, that it is true. Because Christ lived up to his side of that covenant. When he died on the cross, he fulfilled what we were not able to do. And in our baptisms, he shares the benefits of that covenant with us. He shares the benefits of his actions with us. For him, God loves us. Because of him, God will stand firm on his promises for us. And therefore, again, we recognize the truth. That the Lord has already come. That the kingdom and the power and the glory are already in his hand which means that now, at this point, there's not much time left before he returns. Whether he chooses to return and come for the entire world, or whether he chooses to simply come for us in particular. We don't have much time to wait. But that's a good thing for us, because the wrath of the Lord has been extinguished by the waters of our baptism. Waters that were given that power by the baptism of Christ. And therefore, while we all will still see death on account of our sins, possibly even our own death on account of our sins, Christ will rescue us out of that death. He will rescue all of us who believe and trust in him and bring us to be with him in his kingdom for all of eternity. And you can trust that to be true. He already died for you. So we ought not be surprised that he has chosen to raise us up to live with him. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.